You're listening to RPI Takes on the World. No, no, no. Take it again. It's got to be bigger than that. This is important, meaningful stuff. But it wasn't important or meaningful. It's just one man giving his opinions on whatever random thoughts enter his mind on that particular day. Ha 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 ha. I'm dying. This is gold. Pure gold. What is up, you guys? Thank you for checking out episode five of RPI Takes on the World, the newest podcast on the planet that no one asked for. Today, I'm going to talk about a few different things. The first thing is I've got this creepy tech update. Um, they're watching us. You know, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. The next thing I want to talk about is I finally came up with the business that is going to make me a millionaire, the app idea that has not happened yet that I'm super excited about. I'm going to tell you what the best job in the NFL is. We just had, I, they just had NFL Pro Day not too long ago. So I saw that. And the last thing that I'm going to touch on is this Coach Izzo controversy that's going on right now in, uh, during March Madness. It, it's right today is Saturday, March 23rd, is the day I'm recording this. So it's the, we're the first weekend of the tournament and there have been some shenanigans happening there. But I do appreciate you guys for listening to this. Thank you for checking it out. I will let you know you can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at RPI Takes. The website will be up soon, but until then, those two social networks are good places to get a hold of me. I'm going to go ahead and get started first. So, I mean, we all know that like Google and Facebook and they, they all know everything. Like they know all of the stuff that we're doing, right? And every now and then though, you end up, something just pops up and it happens and it's like, whoa, they really are like they're they're following you. They know exactly what you're doing. And this happened to me about a week ago. I was out walking the dog and um you know, I I don't even know why I do this, but I always kick my Apple Watch on like to the workout thing even though I'm not really I'm not working out. There's a time when I used to run all the time and that would make more sense if I was doing the running thing because then I was I'd be like, okay, I'm trying to work up to X amount of miles. I'm training for a a 5k, a half marathon, whatever, but just walking. I don't even know why I turn it on, but for some reason I do, I I kick it on and, um, you know, it lets me know, Hey, you walked 2.5 miles or whatever it is. And so the other day I'm out with Nash and I'm just walking through the neighborhood and I had not turned the watch on and I get like, I don't know. I mean, I walk, we walk pretty much the exact same path almost every day, unless I'm in a hurry and I've got to cut it short for some reason, but I'm just a creature of habit. And so it's about two and a half miles from my house, just all the way around the neighborhood and all that stuff. And we're out on our walk and I'd forgotten to turn the watch on and we're like a mile in. And all of a sudden I get a a notification on my watch said, it looks like you're, looks like you're on a walk. Do you want to, do you want to turn this workout on? I'm like, Oh, okay. That's weird. Like yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll turn it on, I guess. That's no big deal. But I turned it on and it knew, like, it didn't start right then. <laughs> it started from when I left my house. So it had been obviously tracking me, which I guess is how it knew that I was working out, like in air quotes. I mean, I'm walking the dog, but it wasn't just, you know, me walking to the kitchen or me walking to my car or whatever. Apparently, you know, it knew that I was on a walk, but it just freaked me out that the thing like notifies me like about a mile into my walk. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I am on a walk, you know? So I turn it on and then it just goes, it it knew where my walk started from. Like it knew. 
And it's just creepy as shit. Like they're 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 watching us. Like they're they're watching us all the time. And again, look, I know that everybody knows that we're being watched. I know that privacy is a thing of the past. There's no such thing. You know, all the things that you text, that you email, those things are all um they're all retrievable at some point by the if if ever there were a need to retrieve them or whatever. Um and you know that. Like I'm I'm like I'm aware of it, but it just creeps me out when like every now and then like Alexa just like chimes in and jumps in the middle of my conversation when I'm not even talking to her. And this was the exact same thing. It's like Apple basically saying like, oh, hey, you forgot to turn that thing on. You know, we're, we're watching you and we know um, we know that you're a mile into this walk with your dog and normally you would turn it on, but you forgot to turn it on. And that shit just freaks me out. It just absolutely, totally, 100% freaks me out. But I digress. You know, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go from there, and we're gonna go right into the million dollar app idea that I've been waiting for for so long, you guys. Um, so I don't know. It was uh, the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day, um, about a week ago, and we were out. Uh, Ashley and I went and went met some friends, and we went to the Brookside Parade, which is this little suburb of Kansas City. It's a pretty Irish suburb, and it's just it's a lot of fun, man. And the weather was beautiful that day. It was like. I don't know, 60 and sunny, 65 and sunny, whatever. And so we took Nash with us, the dog. And um, I've got this old, this like, I've got a 1997 Land Cruiser. I think I've talked about it before, this old Toyota truck. And I, I really don't drive it that much. I only really use it when I take Nash to the dog park or, you know, I throw him in there. I cruise around with it, with him, you know, but it's not like my day-to-day car. But anyway, we took that over there um, and we were... We were out at the parade, and then we went to the Brookside or Bar, which is a bar in Brookside, you know. And uh, we're hanging out on the patio, and you know, Ashley had to. She and her friends go to the bathroom, and she comes back, and there's just there's like a handful of like three or four girls that are just loving on Nash, right? Because my dog is he's a golden retriever. He's about a year and a half old, and of course I'm biased, but he is the coolest dog ever, and. The only mistake that I made that I would really say that I made about the dog was waiting to get him until I was in a relationship because I have never, ever, I mean, I was a musician. I played guitar for 20 years and I'm telling you right now, people are like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you play guitar for, no, I never, I never started playing guitar, believe it or not, because I thought it was something girls would be into. It just happened that girls were into guys that play guitar, but that being said, there Nash trumps that guitar by like a million. I mean, that dog, it doesn't like he is just a magnet. Like women just absolutely love this dog. And that's when it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to rent this dog out on you know for for periods of time to single guys that don't have a dog. I mean, when I was single, I was on the road all the time. So I couldn't, I was responsible enough. I'd had a, I'd had a dog before. I knew how much work they were and all that. So I was like, there's no way that I can get a dog right now because I'm gone four or five days a week. And I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have somebody at home that I could leave him with. Um, and I also, I didn't want him. I mean, it was hard enough basically living in a sprinter van, <laughs> but you throw a dog in there. I mean, God, what a mess that would have been. So I was, when I was single, 
and I really could have used that. I really could have used that dog to help me meet women. I did not have the dog. And so I started thinking like, wow, that's a really, that's a good idea. But what would be better is like an app for it, like an app where people who have like, where people who have dogs can just rent their dogs out by the hour to single guys, right? I don't, I don't see the problem here. I mean, obviously you'd have to have some kind of a background check. You'd want to have some rating and stuff because somebody could just steal your dog. So obviously that's a problem. We'd have to, I'm not saying this is a flawless plan. Okay. We're just at the idea stage right now. But what I am saying is that I could, you know, I've got the, like the, the silver package, which is just Nash and, you know, an, an appropriate handkerchief, like a, a kerchief form. Like if it was St. Patrick's Day, he'd have like a, a green one with shamrocks on it. If it was like, uh, you know, baseball season, he'd have the Royals one, you know. And then I would also have like the gold package, the second tier up when you could just take the truck and the dog. Because if you take that truck and that dog out, and if you're a single guy and you've got the, the old Land Cruiser with the dog in the back of it, I mean, right there, like you're just forget about Tinder, forget about Bumble, forget about all that shit. That is everything that you need. I don't care. I don't care if you've got a six pack of abs. I don't care if you've got a six figure salary or not. If you've got that truck and that dog, you're, you're, you're meeting any decent woman that you want to meet. And I'm saying, I'm kind of kidding. Obviously I'm kidding about this a little bit, but I'm kind of not kidding at the same time. Kind of uh, kind and not kidding at the same time. And it was actually Ashley who came back from the bathroom and she, she looks at me and she's like, if we ever break up, I'm taking the dog. And this is exactly why when I got the dog, I told her this is my dog. I lost dogs in a previous relationship. I've been to that dance. I know how it goes. But she came back from the bathroom with her friend and she's like, do you see what's happening here? If we break up, I'm taking the dog with me. Absolutely. And the other great thing about this is, Ashley, is uh, the one thing that, that I was unsure about, like, I don't know when. I got Nash in October of 17, so like a year and a half ago. This She would tell me, she's a cat person, right? And cats, I, I, don't, I don't even hate cats. She's got a cat. Cat lives here. I like the cat. She's kind of a little, a little uh, sass, sassafras. She's kind of a little bitch, you know, but she's also sweet sometimes. But I think she's funny. So I'm not one of these people that just like hates cats. But the thing was, Ashley was telling me before we brought, before I brought Nash home, she's like, I just don't know. There's so much work. And she's also dead set on the fact that she didn't think golden retrievers were that cute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. You did not misunderstand me. She did not think that golden retrievers were that cute of a dog. Now, fast forward, what, a year and a half, something like that. She's already got the second one's name picked out. We need to get a girl. We need to get a female. I kind of think I want it to be an English cream retriever so it's a little lighter skin so we can get bows to put in her hair. And we, we, she's got the name and all that. So I'm happy to say that even though she started out as a diehard cat person that didn't think that golden retriever specifically, I mean, like, honestly, I know I'm biased, but this animal, he's the coolest thing on the planet. And, and the other thing is about, about Nash, 
and renting them out. And I also know this about golden retrievers is that as much as I love, like I know he loves me and all that, but the thing about golden retrievers is they're kind of like slutty in that sense of they, they kind of love everybody. Like they're, (laughs) they're not super particular. Like you get certain breeds like German shepherds and, um, you know, uh, I know German Shepherds are that way. I used to have a Bernese Mountain Dog. They're also that way, where they're they are really, really particular towards their owner. But other dog, other people. I mean, they like it. They're nice to other people. They're not aggressive or mean. But they, you know, their owner is their person. Where Nash, man, I think that dog. If I if I dropped him off the neighbors, and I think if I left for like a week, that person would be his person. <laughs> like. I don't think he's super selective about that stuff. I don't want to sell him short. I don't want to give him a complex. I don't want to have to send him to doggy therapy or any of that kind of nonsense. But that's just honestly how I feel about it. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about. So uh, they they were doing pro day, I guess for uh, for um, for the NFL not too long ago, and um, you know everybody's talking about it in, in my part of the world because Drew Locke, Mizzou's quarterback, is. I mean, this kid is just, he has got everything that you need to be a great NFL quarterback. And it's, it's, I, it's exciting. I mean, I, I think it's super cool. He's from Lee Summit, Missouri. So he grew up, I mean, I lived in Lee Summit for, gosh, almost 10 years. Great part of town, ton of friends over there. My high school was pretty close to that. But then he, the other cool thing is he stayed in, he went to Mizzou. So he's a Kansas City guy that went to Mizzou and he's just got, you know, there are a lot of guys that go into the NFL that might have been great quarterbacks in high school and college, but they couldn't make that transition. You know, guys like RG3 and um, some of the the players, like I said, that were just, they were fantastic, but you've got to have that perfect mix of intelligence and athleticism. And you've got to, you know, if you, you could get away with being a running quarterback in um you know in high school and college but in the nfl you've really gotta you gotta have it all like you've gotta be and you gotta have just a gun for an arm and you've gotta be incredibly the intelligence i mean the amount of reads those guys have to make is unbelievable and it's super exciting to see a hometown guy you know going through the process and he's got you know it's like the the sky's the limit for this kid and it's really fun watching him but that made me think, like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, I played football. I started playing football in first grade and tackle in fifth grade. And then I played uh, high school football through senior year. My dad always told me when I was a kid, my dad was very realistic <laughs> and he was never, um, you know, he was never one of those parents that was like, oh yeah, you could, uh, you know, you can be, you can be in the NFL. Cause I, my dad's like, well, here's the thing. It's like, if you want a shot at playing super competitive football you really need to become a kicker like you really need to develop that part because when i was a kid when i was in like you know grade school i could i did i could kick the shit out of the ball you know i was always bigger i was a bigger kid so i was a lineman but i and in soccer i played goalie but if i got the ball i would you know i wouldn't roll it out to people i'd kick it and so i actually had a pretty decent leg but of course I'm an idiot. And so I didn't ever listen to my dad or take his advice or like really like set down and go after the kicking thing. And I think a lot of people think the kicker is the best job in the NFL. And I'm here to tell you, I disagree with that. 
I, I understand why you're saying that you think the kicker is the best job in the NFL because, you know, you're only in there a few times a game. Um, you're not getting the shit kicked out of you. The head injury thing shouldn't be an issue. All of that. The problem with being the kicker is there's always that one time. when Now, the punter, that's a little different. Punter is a little bit different because the punter, you're not, the game is not on your shoulders. The season, the entire season is not on your shoulders. If you're a kicker, there comes a point when, guess what? Like, there will be a city with pitchforks ready to run you out of town if you miss a kick. But you know who that doesn't ever happen to? And that's what leads me to, to, to my, my idea of the best job in the NFL. And I don't think it's even close. I don't think you can debate it. I mean, you might want to debate it, but I don't think you can debate it. The best job in the NFL is backup quarterback. Because you got, number one, you're a quarterback, right? So you're the guy. Like, even the backup quarterback, like I was a lineman. I was a lineman in high school. And there is no less glorious position on the planet than being a lineman. I was a center. I was, And it's just like, you know, we had a great team. We had a good team. We went to, I'm not bragging, went to quarterfinals of state. <laughs> was all district. I'm not bragging. Not bragging, guys. The thing of it is, I mean, I played football. I enjoyed playing football, but I was a grunt, you know? And you look at these guys, and I'm going to tell you the specific backup quarterback that I'm thinking of, and he's a hero, and it's also a Mizzou guy, is Chase Daniel. I mean, look at him. That That guy has done it right. He's a backup quarterback. He's got, I don't know how long he's been in the league now, but he's got. it's got to be like, five or six or seven years, right? He's been in the league for a while. He's not injured. People love him. He knows an enormous about um, an enormous amount about the game. He's still got all of his faculties because he's not getting the shit kicked out of him every Sunday or every Monday or Sunday or Monday or whenever it is. So let's just look at the options. So the guy's making millions of dollars. He's got the headset. He's got the clipboard. You know, he's the right-hand man to whoever the quarterback is and the coach. And so what does that do? Well, that sets him up perfectly for life after the NFL. Because that means he could either go into uh, management, coaching. He could go into uh, he'd go into the, the booth. I mean, look at Tony Romo. Now, Tony Romo wasn't a backup quarterback, of course. But my point is, if you're, if you're in the league and you've got your faculties about you, you got a pretty good shot at just sidling your way right into that into that announcing booth, right? Into that press booth, that press box. And, and right there, you just go from one dream job to another. I mean, I know technically I could be wrong, but I'm not. I'm not. There's no better job in the NFL than backup quarterback. End of story. Argument over, conversation over. That's it. Then we're going to get into, you know, we already talked, we already touched on my high school football prowess. So now we're going to go even a little, we're going to go a little farther back right now. And we're going to segue in to the last little segment of this podcast. And that is this Coach Izzo controversy um, that's going on right now. It's just, it's just, it's just mind boggling to me. The stuff that's going on with, it's just culture in general, I guess. I don't even know. So the Michigan State, and again, I'm not a big sports guy. I'm talking, we're talking a lot of sports today. I'm talking a lot of sports, but 
you know, it's kind of vague sports. Like this is as deep as I get with sports, right? Um, but the Michigan State coach, Tom Izzo, basically kind of just jumped down this kid's throat. You know, is a freshman. Aaron Murray is his name. And, uh, you know, Izzo just just chewed his ass, right? I don't even know what happened. I just saw the I saw the clip of him getting in trouble again. I'm not a I'm not paying that close of attention to the tournament. None of my teams are in it. And so this is what blows people are out of their minds. And I saw this like on Twitter is the first place I saw people like, oh, he should be fired. He's being verbally abusive. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. Quit making every quit trying to turn everyone into a pussy in this country. I've just I can't even imagine it. And this is what I'm going to tell you. This is why I said I already touched on my high school football. And now we're going to go back. We're going to go back to my to my grade school football. And it's funny because I actually had this conversation about a week and a half ago. I was doing some video work for a, uh, for a law firm here in Kansas City. And I ended up, one of the partners is a few years older than me, but he's a Rockhurst guy. And um, we just knew some of the same people. And it turns out, his next door neighbor right now, his next door neighbor is my grade school football coach's son. Okay. So, and I hadn't talked about this. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about this guy in forever, but you know, you kind of, oh yeah, you, you know, so-and-so, you know, so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, you know, I went to St. Thomas More, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I like, oh yeah, who is your coach? And I told him, you know, and it's so funny because, you know, he's heard about that coach. And I mean, we had, when we were in grade school, again, not bragging, we had a great football team. We had a really good football team, but we had this coach. And I mean, this guy would literally grab your face mask. Like he would grab your face mask. This is fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So you had a fifth and sixth grade team and a seventh and eighth grade team. And he coached me when I was in fifth grade, he had a son that was a year older than me. So when I was in fifth grade, he coached me. When I was in seventh grade, he coached me. We went to the city. Again, I'm not bragging, people. City championship both years. Um, but he would he would literally grab the face mask of whoever pissed him off on that play and just jerk the little 12-year-old body around. This is a Catholic school in Kansas City in an, you know, a semi-affluent uh, middle-class neighborhood, I would say. And I'm telling you right now, when I saw that video of the Michigan State coach yelling at this college kid, this freshman, I was like, so what? I mean, it doesn't mean he hates the kid. The kid messed up. The kid's not, his head's not in the game, whatever. But like, the fact of the matter is, we got yelled at more when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And it did not negatively affect me in any way. And I, not only that, I never thought of that coach as abusive or cruel or any of that stuff because it wasn't personal. He wasn't coming at you saying, you are a piece of shit. He was basically saying, you know better than that. (laughs) You're not an idiot. What are you doing? You're acting like an idiot. And I just, I am so tired of all these people. I mean, this is a, like, we've got a major problem with parents coaches, people that are overprotecting kids in this country. Because what happens is when you're overprotected through from age, you know, zero from birth until age 18 or whatever, the real world is hard. (laughs) And there are bosses and there are clients and there are just people on the street 
that are going to confront you and that are not going to like you and things are going to be difficult. And if you don't have experiences that let you know that things are going to be difficult, but that doesn't mean that everybody is an asshole or that people hate you, you're going to have real problems, which is, I think, part of the problem that we're running into right now, just across the board with you know, the safe spaces and the victim culture and all this, all the outrage and people being offended by like words and all this crazy nonsense. I mean, it's, and I know I'm really like showing my age here, like nothing, it's, you never think when you're younger that you're gonna be like, when I was a kid, I walked up uphill at school both ways. Well, I, I, this is not, I, I feel like that's kind of what this sounds like, but the reality of it is, it's like, man, we need these kids to toughen up a little bit because there might be a time when shit hits the fan, right? Like World War II, I mean, look at 9-11, like shit hit the fan and there are no safe spaces. When that happens, it's like, there's, there's, there, that's just real life. People out there don't like us. People out there don't like you. And You've got to learn to deal with it. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody is going to be nice to you. And there's no better way. That's the thing about sports. That's what I loved about playing team sports and, you know, the competition I played. The only thing I played in high school was golf and football. And obviously golf is not, number one, not a team sport. Number two, it's not physical. But there's still competition. And you're still out there. And, and that was the thing about football. I mean, there's it was such a great experience because, it, there's there's no better team sport you know I, and again like yeah you've got your quarterback and he's the guy but if your linemen who are the grunts the the not glorious if they suck that court it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is like it just doesn't matter so i i think that it's bigger than you know a coach yelling at a kid and the fact that this is a story the fact that this has been blown up on twitter and the media it just it just speaks to where we are as a culture right now because 15 years ago nobody would have given a shit. I mean, I remember watching Bobby Knight, those Bobby Knight clips. I mean, just get on YouTube and it, like that's the thing. I think I was a kid when Bobby Knight was a coach in Indiana. And I mean, the shit that guy used to do, he would throw chairs. Like he would just launch an entire like a whole series of chairs out onto the floor. I mean, it was insane. And I'm sure, as a matter of fact, I know you can because I've found them before. Like, and I'm going to, uh, you know what? I'm going to find it. And I'm going to throw it with my Instagram story um, because it's it's a perfect example of how soft we've gotten as a, as a country. Now, the good thing is there are a lot of people that are like, yo, quit being a pussy. Like I, I see both sides of this on social media. Um, and social media obviously is not, uh, it's only a fraction of, the country. It's not the entire country. I know all that. But there are a lot of people being like, yeah, this is not that big of a deal. Even Aaron Murray, even the kid who got yelled at was like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, good for him. You know, good for him. He knows this coach doesn't hate you. This coach believes in you. He chose you. He picked you. He wants you to he wants you to live up to your potential. He's not yelling at you because he's trying to break you down. He's trying to build you up. And that's just how things work, right? It's just absolutely insane. And that leads me to my my man crush of the week. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to do a man crush of the week, but I thought I would this week. And if we do one next week, that'll be great. But uh, my man crush of the week is Charles Barkley, because that guy, I mean, of all the people that are politically correct out there, especially on ESPN, I can't even watch ESPN anymore. It's gotten so bad 
with all the touchy feely, just nonsense bullshit on there. But Charles Barkley has always, I mean, always just told it like it is. And I love that guy. And I'm actually going to play that clip for you right now. He made a comment about this. And uh, I'm going to play that clip for you. Check out what Charles Barkley had to say about this. One of the reasons Tom Izzo is one of my favorite coaches, he coaches his team. And I was so disappointed to hear all these jackasses on other networks complaining <laughs> about a coach actually coaching his team. Coach Izzo, you keep doing your thing. It's all right for a coach to yell at a player. When did we get to the point where every time a coach yells at a player, it becomes a national emergency? There you go. Shout out to Coach Izzo. Shout out to Charles Barkley for telling it like it is for as long as I can remember. And shout out to you for listening to this podcast, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging with me. I do appreciate it. Do me a favor, rate, comment, and subscribe. If you know somebody that would like this, let them know. Pass it on. And uh, you can catch up with me on the internet's at RPI Takes on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great one, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to RPI Takes on the World. Please share with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review.